Coach Steve Clark Show, where he will encourage, inspire, and equip coaches, players, and parents who will in turn motivate and help others to promote the great game of tennis, foster sportsmanship, and develop greater players and people. Thanks for joining us, and here's your host, Steve Clark. Tuning into the show, this is Steve Clark, and I'm extremely excited to begin this new venture. And I couldn't ask for a better guest to kick it off with, and that's with Wayne Bryan. Before I introduce him and go over some of his background, I'd like to say a few words. Um, first of all, uh, there was a I had a glitch uh, earlier, and I'm hoping uh, nothing uh, transpires. And if it does, uh, we'll get through it. But one of the greatest lessons um, that I try and teach and model to my players is that of developing a habit of thankfulness. And leaders in your life uh, need to be thanked. They often go and do a lot, go a long time and do a lot without being thanked. And uh, so players, thank your coaches, kids, thank your parents and others in your life that do so much for you. Coworkers, thank your colleagues and husbands, thank your wives. So in that spirit, I'd like to thank a couple people. Chuck Creasy for calling me at the airport to ask if I'd like to join the UR Tennis Network in helping grow tennis and bring uh, various perspectives uh, to the scene. And I'd like to thank Jason Haynes, uh, the man behind UR Tennis Network, for putting putting in all the time. Now to my special guest and friend I'm excited to have today. His accomplishments are wide and substantial, but they pale compared to his impact on people, just the way he cares about them. He's truly a Pied Piper of tennis. People love to be around him. He's infectious. He's influential. He's inspirational. He's insightful. You could call that the four eyes of a different sort. I'd like to tell stories, though, and this is how I want to introduce Wayne. We were at the Davis Cup in Idaho, and we had just uh, suffered a a significant loss the night before. And we were were running clinics, and Wayne came out the next morning after a really bad loss, and he was was sad, and he, he, you know, frankly didn't want to be there. But he did it because he told everybody he was going to be there. And it turned out after that morning, the kids got a lot out of the clinic, and and they saw the transparency in who he was and how much he cared. That's Wayne Bryan. Other people have uh, things to say about Wayne Bryan. Jeff Newman, the tournament director of the City Open Tennis Championships in Washington, D.C., says, one of the sport's greatest showmen. Wayne Bryan is the father and coach of the world's number one doubles team, Mike and Bob. He's always charismatic. Coach Bryan exudes an infectious enthusiasm for the sport and has made him known most widely recognized ambassador as he travels the world doing clinics and emceeing events. I can go through a list of things here for Wayne, and I'm going to do a few, and then we'll get to talking to him because I know you want to listen to Wayne and not me. Wayne is an accomplished MC, a major event around the world. He's an accomplished coach and teaching pro, a three-time World Team Tennis Coach of the Year, two-time World Team Tennis Champion uh, his teams have had. He's a dad and a coach and a grandfather, but of Mike and Bob Bryan, the number one world-ranked doubles team and the greatest doubles duo of all time. And if I went through their list, I would run out of time in the entire show, but I do want to read a few of them because some of my players have played Mike and Bob, and it's just been great to watch them come through the years. The most career men's doubles team titles, 106. The most year-end number one doubles teams uh, rank, there's 10. Most Grand Slam doubles championships, 16. Most weeks at number one. Most times voted as fans' favorite doubles team. 
The only team to win the gold medal plus four consecutive Grand Slams called the Bryan Grand Slam. And only one of two teams, the Woodies were the other, that have won every Grand Slam plus an Olympic gold medal. And they've won the Grand Slams at least twice, each of them. That's, I could go on and on. But Wayne has done a tremendous job in raising champions. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is his book on raising your child to be a champion. He's a Hall of Fame inductee into numerous venues. He's a former manager extraordinaire of the Cabrillo Racquet Club for 25 years down in Southern California. And he's instrumental in the Bryan Brothers Foundation donations for over $600,000. He's an author. We're going to be talking about that book today. And he's an accomplished musician. And some of those things, uh, those clips, I'm going to play on air today. Wayne, I don't know if you know, but you sent me some, I've, I've I heard some of your music. I've made some clips, and we're going to play them today. But again, it's not these things that make him special, but the fact that because he's so passionate and caring that he attracts kids, parents, coaches, and all tennis lovers to things he's passionate about. His accomplishments just come as natural result of who he is, a passionate, driven, and caring person about the game and people. Wayne, it's great to have you. How are you? Steve, what a nice introduction. Some of it might even have been true. I'm not sure. Uh, I say congratulations <laughs> to you, uh, of course, on your career as a college player, a college coach, a pro player. You're, you're coaching college tennis right now. All you do for juniors and adults and for the great game. We've worked many an event together, which has always been great. But thank you for doing this great new show. Uh, it'll be great for tennis, and, and uh, it'll be great getting your views out there. I know you got a lot of great guests coming up. Great pals of mine, Vic Gould, Paul Goldstein, Alan Fox, Manny Diaz, the great Roy Emerson. You're going to have a bunch of great shows. Thanks for having me on this first one. I look forward to talking to you, but uh, I really appreciate all you have done and are doing for tennis, Steve. Thanks so very much. Uh, thanks, Wayne. Um, Alan Fox does say hello. He sent me an email. And, uh, and, and folks, this is an example where uh, he influences people. Uh, my uh, my son Graham says hello, uh, and he is actually getting into his keyboard, and he wants to get a little band going with his cousin. So there's some infection <laughs> going on here from you, Wayne. So that's great. I, I love today. That. I'd like to do a yeah. Today I'd like to do a couple of three things, two or three things. I'd like to begin with some questions I have for you because I'm the host. I get first dibs. Secondly, I'd like to have you speak to some key points on your book, and maybe I've read it several times, and I'm going to read some uh, some comments of some people that have read it, some uh, fairly well-known tennis personalities, and then I'd like to open it up to questions or calls um, to on various topics as people call in uh, or have emailed in. I have some uh, questions that people wanted to email in. Um, and one thing I want to say to people listening is uh, Wayne's agreed to stay on a little bit, so this show goes to one, and then uh, it'll go on a little after that, but it'll be off air, and then you can get the podcast uh, a little later on that. So uh, with no further ado, I'd like to, uh, if I can, uh, Wayne, I'd like to ask you a couple questions to start with. Great. You are the master of fun. I mean, and 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 one of the one of the uh, comments I was reading um, as I was kind of researching you a little bit. I mean, you're a friend, but you know, there's always some dirt out there, some always some good things. You are the master of fun, and I mean, it's amazing. You somebody they hit the nail on the head. They said Wayne on a rainy day he can take 50 people on a court and have a blast, and that is a skill set that I I would love to have and develop. So I got a question. <laughs> Do you have a book? 
Do you have a DVD series? Is there a way that we could spend a, a weekend with with you or uh, just, okay, Wayne, teach us your top 50 best games with 10 people, 20, 30, 40, 50 people on a court or rainy day inside. What about that? How's that would that be possible? Do you have something yeah, got, in the works? I got 3,500 games I can do on the tennis court, and I'll invent one today. I'm sure I got 3,500 musical games we could play. Uh, fun is the absolute key. I mean, Mike and Bob didn't come in the gate every day to be Wimbledon champions. All my players through the years didn't come in to make their college team or be on the tour or beat their best friend or beat their mom. Everybody came in the gate to have a good time that day. Uh, It's so important. Uh, I I think ING words, smiling, laughing, running, hustling, all these things are the key. Cindy Lauper said girls just want to have fun. I have found that boys just want to have fun and parents just want to have fun and grandparents just want to have fun. And there's a new book out about animals like to have fun. My, my wife plays these amazing ball games with her horse in the corral each and every day. Fun is the key. And not only did Cindy Hopper sing about it, but the Beach Boys had a huge hit in the 60s called Fun, Fun, Fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ellen Langer, the, 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 professor of psychology at Harvard has written extensively about the human being in the play mode uh, learns three times faster, retains more, wants to come back the next day. All kind of wonderful things are happening when you're playing with a smile on your face and with fun and with enthusiasm. Uh, You're you're just going to get better. Uh, The great theologian, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale in the 50s said that uh, when there's no fun in it, there's something wrong with all you are doing. Uh, can you get better and have fun? Of course. You'd be surprised at, at tour coaches. Most of them are very charismatic, and they got a smile on their face, and they have fun out there on the court. You watch Brad Gilbert working with Andre back in the day, and they always had laughs. Mike and Bob are having a good time each and every day out there. They're competing, they're battling, they're sweating, they're hustling, they're hitting the ball with enthusiasm, they're competing, but they're having a good time. Things in the world that we love to watch are enjoying playing their music. The greatest basketball players that we love to watch, like Magic Johnson, he played with the joy. Joe Montana played with the joy. Kobe Bryant, uh, all the, those great uh, San Francisco Warriors played with a sense of fun and enthusiasm. And I think Steve Kerr brought that out on I could talk about fun, energy, and enthusiasm all day. I think too many parents, too many coaches think it's about drudgery. It's not. It's about enthusiasm. Same with music. Too many music teachers get you sit the kid down and start teaching them all these chromatic scales and circles of fifths and all this boring stuff when all the kid wants to do is learn that song that he heard on the radio. Let him play that <laughs> song that he heard on the radio first and then learn music second. Go play tennis first and then learn how to play later. You know, play first, learn later. Passion, energy, well, enthusiasm derives from fun. Well, let me ask you a question because there's two related ones. I'm actually going to jump ahead then because these, these are uh, mentioned in the book or some questions I have from the book. 
is some people, some parents are, and coaches, you're, you're limited on time. You know, for example, you mentioned in your book that Mike and Bob, man, I mean, they, you didn't have to ask them to practice, and they just they wanted to. Well, you know, a lot of times it's time on mat. If you have 50 hours in the week to do something and you're, you're goofing around 40 hours, then you can have 10 hours of instruction. But there's some of, of technique or whatever. And some parents in some situations where, A, due to limitations of finances, facilities, weather, they only have a limited amount of time. So when a kid gets on a court and he wants to have fun, he is having fun, um, but there needs to be that uh, time of uh, direction of getting their technique down, et cetera. You're not saying that there's a, uh, di- uh, there's a dichotomy between technique and fun. You're just saying the difference between drudgery and fun. In other words, if you're learning technique, it doesn't have to be drudgery. It can be fun. Well, look at Mike and Bob and look at all my players. I, I think they know how to play the game. Uh, you can go out and have a drudgerous 10-minute workout on your inside-out forehand, or you can create a great and dynamic way to work on that very thing that's going to duplicate tournament pressure and have their eyes bulging out of their head and going crazy in this particular drill or game. No, I'm all about focused practice, comma, with fun, energy, and enthusiasm. Um, Those are not uh, mutually exclusive, fun and accomplishing Mm -hmm. and getting better. Oh, no, I'm definitely for getting better each and every day, whether you're playing drums, piano, dancing, speaking, or on the tennis court or the golf course or or shooting those baskets. Wherever you are, I want you to improve each and every day, but I want you to do it in an energetic and fun, enthusiastic way. Good, good. Uh, question. Um, this you mentioned the word competition, and one thing I've noticed, and I and, and I'm going to ask you if you think, and I'm going to kind of ask you a question, but then I'm going to I'm going to give a couple thoughts here. My question is, do you think if it's changed, and if it has, how the whole nature of competition? I'm of the personal belief that competition. Uh, Joe Ehrman does a great job in talking about this in his book Inside Out Coaching. Um, is that the, the original intent of competition, and I was talking with some buddies that, you know, when we used to play, you go out and you just battle. You don't worry about if you lose to this guy or beat this guy. There was no pecking order. You just get out there and you compete. And maybe it's because we played all sorts of sports. You played football. I played, you know, I played basketball, swam, you know, football. And you play all these sports. So competition is not this pecking order thing. It's just you get out there and you let it you let it ride. And you raise each other's levels, and that's why people, you know, when you see a great match, they're hugging on the TV because, hey, man, you brought the best out of me. I think that's lacking in junior tennis these days where it's kind of like it take, it's whatever it takes to beat you so I can get that ranking. I'm just curious what your thought is on that and maybe if you have an idea of, way that, of a way that can be changed. Hey, look, I 